0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zin for a spin. Zin nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zin 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free,
2: spit-free days for just $5.95.
1: What's going on, everybody? hope you're enjoying your Sunday evening slash Monday morning. Lots of ball to discuss. Little hoops too, but a smorgasbord of ball this evening. You know, I was thinking about this. With so much that is weird about 2020, this is the year of weird, to say the least. We don't know what's going to happen with the pandemic and when the vaccine's going to get around, when we can get back to normal. It's been a crazy year. But with as much that has been uncertain about this year, there is one thing that is certain. The Jets screwing stuff up. Only the Jets can lose by winning. Think about that for a second. They won today, and yet they still lost. (laughs) They beat the Rams. It's their first win of the year. Frank Gore, going to be a Hall of Famer, top five all-time rusher in terms of yardage in his career, right? Gets a win. They're striving for this. They don't want to go winless. It's a nice deal. And and they've lost control of the number one overall pick. That's right. They're not in the pole position to land Trevor Lawrence, the stud QB from Clemson. They are not there anymore. So the Jets, they screwed up by winning. Now, a couple of things to take away from this. One, for all these people... All of these conspiracy theorists that are like, oh, the Jets are tanking. I don't know how many times I've heard that this year. Greg Williams calls a zero blitz, and the Raiders won on the last play. Oh, the the Jets are tanking. And I said it then, and I'll say it now. No, they aren't. They just suck. They're just really, really bad. They're trying to win, but they just couldn't until Sunday, and that was met with, oh, Brian, really? You believe in the sanctity? All these players are trying hard, and they're trying to win? I'm like, it's not really that. It's just it doesn't make any sense. To do something, you have to benefit. If you do something shady or you have ulterior motives or something, you have to benefit from doing that. Greg Williams being fired, it doesn't benefit him to throw a game where he earns a pink slip, okay? It doesn't benefit any of these players for the Jets. who Most of them won't be there next year or in the next couple of years. It doesn't make sense for them to put bad film out there for the other teams. They're trying to earn a paycheck, so they're trying to win. And it was met with, no, you're a sucker, you're naive, they're taking. Well, what do you know? On Sunday, the Jets—they rise from the ashes and they take down a Rams team who's pretty good. More on them in a second. But they take down the Rams. Now all these people are like, "No, they're tanking." They're looking at the floor, scratching the back of their neck. Like I—I I don't remember saying that. I don't remember saying they were tanking. Like all the people saying the Jets were tanking. You don't have a leg to stand on right now. Because the Jets screwed up their chances of getting the number one overall pick. They roughly have a 32% chance to get the number one overall pick now. So, they were not tanking. They're just freaking terrible. Shout out to Jets punter, depending on your point of view. Braden Mann. That's right. Sixth round rookie out of Texas A&M. Made a tackle on a punt return that could have gone for a touchdown. Just giving up his body. Putting it on the line. And in the process securing the Jets a win, and costing them the number one overall pick for right now. So there you go. That's what we're looking at. Now, Now, if you look at the Rams, let's get to them. I think the Rams are the goofiest playoff team. They're the goofiest team. So what do you mean by goofy? No, I'll tell you. I think they have the greatest range between good and sucky results. You know? There isn't a team heading into the playoffs that is as goofy as the Rams are. I could see the Rams not winning one playoff game. Wouldn't shock me at all. I could see the Rams making it to the Super Bowl, and that wouldn't shock me either. I think the NFC is wide open. The Rams play real defense. Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in football. Jalen Ramsey is a legit top cornerback. They have a good defense. You play good defense, you've got a shot come playoff time. And by the way, they have Sean McVay. They can move the ball. Jared Goff, he's he's goofy, right? That's one of the main reasons why the Rams are a goofy team. He's hot and cold. You don't know what you're going to get from that guy. I think he is the NFC's Baker Mayfield. I think that's what Jared Goff is. Meaning they're not bad all the time. They're really good sometimes. And then you're just left scratching your head like, what What happened there? What What was that game? Where was that throw going? Like, don't be seduced by Baker Mayfield playing really well. Really a solid game. He was fantastic against the Giants on Sunday night. But he's up and down. He's not a consistently good quarterback. He gives you those glimpses where you're like, this could be the guy. And then when people are starting to buy in, he's like, you know what? (sighs) Let's, Let's give him a dose of reality here. And he starts thinking. I think that Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield are very, very comparable in two different conferences. But make no mistake, the the Rams are the goofiest team as we head into the postseason. I think Tampa is really goofy also. You want to look at a goofy game. If you look at Tampa Bay, scoreless in the first half against the Falcons, and then just erupt for 31 points in the second half. Tom Brady throws for 320 yards just in the second half. It's the most yards thrown for in the second half all season long. They are a goofy team as well. I could see something similar with Tampa. Wouldn't be surprised at all if Tampa doesn't win one playoff game. I wouldn't be surprised at all either if they make it to the Super Bowl. I really wouldn't. And again, I'm not so hot on the Rams or Tampa. I just think it's a complete crapshoot when you look at the NFC playoffs. Look at Green Bay. They're in the pole position right now. They don't play good defense. Seattle's defense isn't good. You can't bank on them. They've been bad throughout most of the year. If you look at the Saints, who knows what you're going to get from Drew Brees, right? So I think it's wide open. So it would not surprise me with the Rams or Tampa, whether they have a good show-income playoff time, or whether they fizzle out and don't even win one single game. I'm Brian, though, in for Big Ben, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Okay, let's get to that game. The Chiefs beat the, the Saints on Sunday. That was the biggest matchup of the entire day. Chiefs hold on, furious comeback by the Saints late, just a little bit too late. Drew Brees, the main takeaway. Drew Brees, shaky, very shaky in his return. You look, the stat line isn't that sexy. Didn't even complete 50% of his passes. Started out 0 of 6. That's right, missed his first six passes. <laughs> his passer rating was 84.7. That's enough of the numbers, all right? Rusty. Looked very rusty and shaky. Now here's the thing with Drew Brees. We've heard these comments before. You rewind to week two of this year against the Raiders. Bad showing for Drew Brees. Threw an ugly interception before halftime, went for a touchdown. Saints lost to the Raiders. Then they lost the next week against the Packers, and it was, oh, Brees looks old. Brees, best days are behind him. And then what do you know? Drew Brees did Drew Brees-like things, and he was putting up good numbers. I still think that Brees, he finds his sea legs, and he's going to be just fine going forward. I don't look at this, and, oh, the end is near. Drew Brees has lost it. Cracked ribs. He's done. I I don't think so. I think that even with an all-time quarterback, there is such a thing as shaking off some of the rust. And the Chiefs, there's a reason why they've only lost one game. It isn't just Patrick Mahomes. They do, believe it or not, have other players on the field that can contribute. So I'm not doom and gloom when it comes to the Saints or Breeze coming back. He didn't have Michael Thomas. I give him the benefit of the doubt because we had similar conversations earlier this year, and he silenced a lot of those doubters. I think that still happens. Now, I get to this, though. Drew Breeze was asked after the game if he's 100%. He laughed. (laughs) That's how not 100% 100% Drew Brees is right now. He laughed and said, no. He said, no, I'm not 100% at this stage. And two things to take away from this. First thing is, if you hear anybody talk about Drew Brees being fresh because he had a few weeks off, I don't know what to tell those people. There's a difference between Drew Brees missing five games last year Because of a broken thumb. Okay, you're recuperating in a different way. You've got a broken thumb. You've got some time off. It's not this taxing injury, right? Like, it isn't this pain threshold. You're just like chewing aspirin. Like, oh gosh, take the pain away, this broken thumb. The guy had 11 cracked ribs and a punctured lung. Okay, this idea that he's fresh now. He just told you he's not 100%. And now we get to this. Second takeaway. The theory I have about the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees, I think that if the NFL still had the old playoff format, remember there are seven teams that get in in each conference this year, right? Used to be six teams. So now the new system, we just have the one seeds getting a bye week. That's it. The top seed in each conference, they get a bye week. Of course, we all know it used to be the top two seeds. All those teams got bye weeks. So I think this sped up the recovery time of Drew Brees with the Saints losing last week to the Eagles and losing their grip of the number one seed and that precious bye week. I think that quickened the return of Drew Brees. And he's clearly not 100%. And I don't think it was just the hits that he took against the Chiefs on Sunday. And he took a couple of nasty hits. I don't think it's just that. I think that he returned without being 100%. So ask yourself, why? Why, why, would, they, why would he do that? Why would they do that? I think it's because of that bye week. I think if we still had the top two seeds in each conference earn a bye week... I don't think Drew Brees was playing against the Saints last uh, on Sunday. I don't. Now, you could sit here and say, well, Brian, losing, they're they still in jeopardy of losing that two seed. Well, they're still the two seed right now. So I think it stands to reason that it's not as if the Saints are throwing in the towel like, eh, you know what, screw it. Let's just take the L against the Chiefs. I think it's looking at the bigger picture. If you could be... A la the Chiefs last year, who were a two-seed and won the Super Bowl. Getting that bye week is a big, big deal. If you still had the top two seeds in each conference conference getting the bye week, I don't think Drew Brees played on Sunday. I don't think he would have been there. It sped up his timeline.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey Smaller here. Did you ever play the over under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under thirty seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two liter. If you have, then you're going to love Pick Six, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. It's super simple. First, download the DraftKings Pick 6 app, then pick between two and six players to choose if they'll have more or less of a stat like rebounds, points, assists, and more. Play Pick 6 from DraftKings, the new fantasy app that packs more fun into less time. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code MALLER. The new customers play 5 bucks and get 50 In Pick 6 Credits, that's code MALLER only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're
0: part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at slash with Amex.
4: If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen nicotine pouches, you can find many.
1: You know, we were talking about drinking for a little bit in the first hour. Not a lot. Steve in Kansas City, he checked in. He was uh, enjoying a Michelob Ultra. Bended a little elbow right there, right? Eating the wife's leftovers. Did some Christmas shopping today. And I was just thinking about drinking and Patrick Mahomes. Now, here's what I'm thinking about Patrick Mahomes. I think that he is a lot like a social drinker. And what I mean by that is he just dabbles with running the football, right? He just makes timely plays with his legs. His running ability is very underrated. He doesn't use it a lot, right? It's just like a drinker who's socially drinking. Mahomes is not like a Lamar Jackson type player where he's running a lot He's not doing the equivalent of keg stands, right? He's not shotgunning beers. He's a, sh- a social drinker as a runner. But he just has a feel for when to use his legs and when to pick up a key first down here or to ex- uh, uh, to extend a play there. Like He just has a great knack for when to run the ball. And I think because he's such an extraordinary passer, It's often overlooked. You think about that run he had in the AFC title game against Tennessee before halftime. (laughs) That's one of the best runs you'll see. But for whatever reason, he's not thought to be comparable to maybe like a Deshaun Watson. He doesn't run a lot. But he's thought to be more of an athletic guy, more of a threat running the ball. I think that's very much often overlooked. When it comes to Patrick Mahomes, not necessarily for defenses and preparing for the guy, but just from the fans, I think that he excels so much as a passer, you overlook his running ability. Now, something to keep in mind with the Chiefs here as we move forward, they've got the number one seed. Now, depending on what happens with the Steelers on Monday Night Football, if they win the game, whether they win or lose, Week 16 is meaningless for the Chiefs because they play the Falcons. So it's not a conference opponent. So it really doesn't mean anything whatsoever. So the question becomes, well, how should the Chiefs approach that game? Depending on how things shake out, let's say that the Steelers win on Monday night, and so they are close. They're within striking distance of the Chiefs and that precious number one seed. So how do the Chiefs go about their business in week 16 because there are two things to consider here. one, Clyde Edwards Alaire got banged up. He had this hip injury this this lower leg injury, lower body injury right He was limping off the field he was actually using human beings as crutches as he he was taken off the field to the locker room so that looked to be maybe maybe that's a key injury. You want to avoid the injury bug. Le'Veon Bell got banged up late. That was a scary situation where he got he got dragged down by his face mask. It was a penalty, personal foul call. All that looked like he might have tweaked his knee. So the point is, you don't want to have your main guys injured. But you could also be facing this if you're the Chiefs. Let's say that week 16 is meaningless. And you say, well, all right, maybe we... We play our guys sparingly. Well, then depending on what happens with the Steelers, the Steelers could lose in week 16. They could lose next week. They play the Colts. If they lose that game, well, then guess what? Week 17 is meaningless for the Chiefs. So I don't think you can keep it, take your foot completely off the gas pedal. Because imagine if you say, you know what, let's just rest our guys in week 16. We'll get them back on the field in week 17. And when, well, that week turns out to be meaningless. Well, what do you do then? Do you take your all your main guys out? Then they'd be off for week 16, week 17, and a bye week. And then they'd be back for the divisional round of the playoffs. Like that, I, I don't know if that's really going to work, man. What I would do, if I'm in the position of Andy Reid, I would play my main guys for at least a half next week. You know, find the middle ground. Don't give him the game off. I'd be shocked if he did that. We're talking the main guys. Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, those type of players. I would still get him a half a football. Now you could sit here and be like, Brian, even that's risky. I remember years ago, Wes Welker of the Patriots, he tore his ACL in a meaningless game at the very end of the season against the Houston Texans. So yeah, there is some risk, but there's also a rust factor as well. I don't want to see the main guys of the Chiefs possibly not play for three straight weeks and then expect to just knock off the rust and hit the ground running come divisional round time? I think that's too much to ask. So I'd get them a half at least against the Falcons next week. And goodness, a half for the, for the Chiefs against the Falcons, that, that might be enough to put the game out of reach for the poor Falcons over there. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Okay, one more thought here. I'll get to the phones. This turned out to be the worst prediction of the NFL season. It was Cam Newton. Do you remember before the season started how much positivity there was? There was just a groundswell of, he's a former MVP mixed with Belichick? What? He's going to go crazy. This is a great situation for Cam Newton. He's going to be putting up numbers. I heard all of these comments and I thought all those people were drunk. I thought they all were drunk and it turned out they were because that has not happened. And it's not all on Cam Newton. I want to make that perfectly clear. And I was saying this before the season. Look, I don't want to paint the picture that I get all these predictions right. But this was one where I was like, it just does not make any sense whatsoever to expect anything close to a big season for Cam Newton. The guy was banged up. He barely played last year. His production had been going south steadily year after year following his 2015 MVP season. He's on a brand new team with virtually no off season because of covid oh and by the way you don't have great weapons to work, to work with there was no way it was going to be a huge season but man patriots started off 1 and 0 cam newton had 15 rushes in week 1 that <laughs> there was no way that was going to be a a long term formula and then what happened in week 2 cam newton was fantastic against the Seahawks. Threw for almost 400 yards. And those same people, they're like, yeah, where are those naysayers now, huh? Talking about Cam Newton not having a big year. And then the season played out. It hasn't been spectacular. And now, what do you know? The Patriots, they have missed the playoffs for the first time since 2008. That was absolutely the worst prediction of all uh, of this entire season, was expecting big-time stuff from Cam Newton that was just never going to happen. Not all his fault. Some of it's the lack of talent around him. But to expect it to all come together with virtually no offseason, it just wasn't, it wasn't possible. Now one thing, too, to consider as far as the, the streak goes that's over now for the Patriots. It's the first time they've missed the playoffs since 2008. Consider that the Titans they're trying to make the playoffs in consecutive seasons for the first time since 2007 and 2008. You have to go all the way back then when the Titans were able to make the playoffs for two straight seasons. Nothing that's crazy, right? Just make it back-to-back years. It's been done plenty of times, but the Titans, who have had a decent amount of success over the years, they hadn't made it in consecutive seasons since 08. You compare that to the Patriots, they haven't missed the playoffs since 2008. So you think about that streak. What a streak that was, man. It To win 10-plus games for as long as they did, 17 seasons in a row? It's crazy. That just doesn't happen in the modern NFL. And for these people that just make it out to be only the AFC East, it'd be one thing if the Patriots got to the playoffs, and then just got smacked around, or they didn't have a good record outside their division, their record has been just as good at times better outside their division than inside of it. And it was a great streak, and I think it also, I hate to say it, but it's true, it shows you that Tom Brady made a lot of things better in Foxborough. He was the mascara, he was the rouge, he was all the other stuff to, to make the face look a lot better, right? He was making that roster look a whole lot better. It's funny, the amount of negativity toward Tom Brady last year, 24 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. You would have thought that Tom Brady put up Cam Newton numbers last year, right? Cam was at, what, 5 touchdowns, 10 picks? 5 and 10! Brady was at 24 and 8, and it was role reversal. Brady got way more criticism for his season last year compared to what Cam Newton did this season. Unreal. Ridiculous how that worked out. Okay, now, as promised, let me get a call in here. Uh, it took me a little bit. I was a little wordy right there. I apologize. Smacked my hand right there. Won't happen again. Let's get to, uh, let's go to Andrea here real fast. Andrea is in Berkeley. Wants to check in here. How's it going, Andrea? Hi, how are you? I'm good, Andrea. What's on your mind this evening?
5: Yeah, I kind of, you know, it was rough to see the 49ers game and the Jets, but on a happier note, I wanted to uh, wish you and the Malheur Militia a blessed winter solstice, and there's this epic Jupiter-Saturn conjunction happening in the sky in Aquarius. So hopefully that's some good new beginnings and a return to the light.
1: I hope so. Now, how long does the winter solstice last, Andrea?
5: Uh, it actually begins at 2.04 in the morning, and it lasts the entire day, but it ushers in a cycle of new beginnings, because um, it's a return to the light. Light is returning, even though it is the darkest hour, so technically, Brian, it's the darkest, longest night of the year, yeah. but after that, it, each day starts getting a little lighter.
1: I like the longer days. Do you like the longer days? Oh, a
5: lot more, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm I'm a night owl, obviously, and by the time I get it together, it's already getting dark out.
1: (laughs) I hear you. I'm a night owl, too. So, yes. But I do. I like the... It's weird. I'm kind of a vampire, Andrea. Me, too. Because I like the light outside, but when I'm outside. Not when I'm inside. I like it dark when I'm inside, you know?
5: Very Scorpio of you, I might add. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. when the light's coming through the windows, I'm like, oh, gosh, like, close them. Close right. the drapes. Yeah.
5: And, and, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Garoppolo's a Scorpio. Beathard's a Scorpio. I really, you know, that Hail Mary was something. It's like, why did that happen in the last minute of the game? Why wasn't he playing? So, you know, I, I like Scorpio energy. It's really determined and intense, and I, I wish that he would have played instead of Mullins, but, you know, yeah, it is Yeah, did what Nick it get is.
1: hurt? I was watching that. I'm, <sighs> that's the only explanation, right? That he got banged up at the end. It would have made no sense to bring in CJ
5: there. Yeah. Yeah. They said he exited with some kind of elbow issue or yeah, something, had but to be. The, the 49ers, uh, the playoff chances uh, are, are no longer. <laughs>
1: uh, kaput. Kaput, and, absolutely, and, Andrea. Yeah, and
5: the Jets, they should have lost to get the number one pick. What's up with that? They can't even lose right.
1: I know. I hear you, Andrea. And, yes, thank you for checking in. It's always yes, good talking to you. Take good
5: care. And if anyone wants a newsletter, please let me know.
1: Absolutely, Andrea. We thank appreciate you. you. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, as far as the Jets tanking, I'll listen to the argument all day that they should be tanking. I'm making the point that they aren't, right? There's a difference there. I hear you. Trevor Lawrence is a stud quarterback. He could be a great quarterback in the NFL for the next 15 years. Wouldn't be a shocker at all. So, yeah, I think the Jets should tank, but they're not, right? There's a difference there. Uh, And for all these people that were saying, oh, they're totally tanking, I'm like, no, they aren't. They're they're just bad. They just can't win games. They're trying to win games. If they were tanking, they wouldn't have left it to chance on the last play of the game against the Raiders that Derek Carr doesn't overthrow the pass, right? Like, even if they're tanking for Trevor, they wouldn't have left it up for a one play. You, anything could happen in one play. So, no, they've been trying to win. They've just been, they've been really bad. really bad. And that's embarrassing for the Rams. That is just flat-out embarrassing losing to the Jets.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
1: All right, let's get out to the phones here. Another regular, Marcel, is coming to us from Brooklyn. What's going on, Marcel?
6: Hey, top of the morning, Brian. No, there is no L in your name, my friend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is right, Marcel. You are, you're nailing it, man. You are right on point these days.
6: Yes, I'm right on the point again this morning. Hey, happy winter, Solstice. The first day of winter. It's going to get cold. Brr. And it's a new dawn. It's a new day. We've got Christmas coming up. So, Militia, let's get into it. And, Brian, I want you all the listeners in the Fox Sports Radio universe, 20 years of sports radio in its business, to have my good friend Rob in the Sunshine Shrip. Better known as in Las Vegas, Rob. Good morning. The food pick starts right now, and I want to start with you, my friend.
2: Rob, Rob's not there, Marcel.
6: Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Rob. <laughs> Thank you very much, Brian. I will start with.
1: Um, I will start with you, Brian. Okay, I will go with. You know what? You had some. I'm going to go with chicken and rice. You had chicken and rice.
6: Ooh, good choice, Eddie.
1: Well,
3: Marcel, I'm going to go with the old standby, oodles of noodles. But I hope you ask Santa Claus for some and different yes, food.
6: And have a mix match in it, Eddie. Oh, let's play food picks. I know it. Thank Damn you it. for that, Eddie. San- Santa, Santa,
3: please bring Marcel some different food, please.
6: <laughs> oh, 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 oodles, of, oh. oodles of noodles, the third time. The third time <laughs> it is, and Justin.
2: <sighs> Marcel, I think that you had Taco Bell for dinner. Ooh.
6: <laughs> it is taco bell <laughs> nice one all right enough <laughs> all the funniness
2: oh yeah let's get serious uh-huh i wonder what it's gonna be
6: well believe it or not yes indeed the food pick from last night and yes indeed my friends oodles and noodles wow. yeah I win. for eddie and roberto oh, i get a golden
1: yeah. ticket very you well guys done. You got a golden ticket. Me yes, too. indeed. Very nicely and done. And
6: now for you, Mr. No, without the L.
1: Uh-huh.
6: Did you follow me on Twitter? Because... Come on, Brian.
1: I'm going to get on it. I told you this morning, Marcel, if your Giants showed up against the Browns, I'm there. Right? I was trying to add a little pizzazz to the game, and they laid an egg. Yeah, but they lost to
6: Cleveland last night by the score... Of 20-6, now the Browns in Cleveland have 10 straight wins. One more way until the playoff bound. <laughs> I,
3: don't, I don't think it's 10 straight.
6: So next <laughs> game for you, my friend. Don't worry, it will be in Baltimore this Sunday against the Ravens.
1: Yeah, we'll keep our eye on that one for sure, Marcel. Absolutely, man. But, yeah, getting the 10 wins, not bad. Good season for the Browns thus far. Yeah. But you take care, Marcel. Wins. Yes, thank you for checking in, and props to Eddie and Roberto for getting uh, nailing the food picks. They, they it's it Russell
6: right. Westbrook of the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> Pascal,
2: see ya come. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
4: Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
0: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast.